Welcome to Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where grown-ups look back at the TV shows and the movies of their youth and ask, why did our parents let us watch these things? Why indeed. I'm your host, Jason Mitchell, and I'm here with my co-host, Darth Jader. What up, listeners? And a very special guest that we'll get to in just a second. And on this episode, we are going to be discussing a show. Actually, I think I'm going to refer to this episode as the premiere of our new segment, Jason Phones It In. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are going to be doing an episode of the uh, admittedly... Uh, classic and uh, somewhat iconic show, SpongeBob SquarePants. This is episode three. I'm sorry, episode nine of season three of that show, and uh, I think that it has a title, but uh, I I didn't remember it. So I'm going to hand it off to my co-host, and we are going to get into the program. Yes, indeed, listeners, we are diving back into television after a long-winded stint with movies, so we're done boring you with those for now. At any rate, like Jason said, we are checking out the iconic SpongeBob SquarePants brought to you uh, by nominee this week, Marie, who is here with us in the studio. How about you say hi, Marie? Hi. And she's going to be talking with us today. And one of the things that definitely jumped to the forefront of my memory when Marie nominated SpongeBob in the first place was uh, the first time I actually ever saw the show on television, which was back in 1999. I had actually been given special permission by my parents to stay up and watch the Kids' Choice Awards on Nickelodeon, which was a huge deal for my tiny, naive self to stay up that past was a 11. Big thing. Oh, it was, it was like the Oscars for kids. It was amazing. And there was slime. So, way more fun than the Oscars, if you ask me. Way more fun. No, yeah. no political ramblings. Like, I think Rosie O'Donnell was there a bunch, if memory yeah. serves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. got slimed a lot back when people still liked Rosie O'Donnell. Um, but I remember them announcing during, throughout the Kids Awards, saying, oh, stay tuned for a very special treat after the. Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. We've got a new special show for you, and SpongeBob premiered right after the Kids Choice Awards in 1999. I, think I remember it, that actually. Yeah, it was the very memorable episode when SpongeBob um, establishes a bubble business, <laughs> uh, a bubble blowing business in his front yard, and he can blow all these different crazy shapes like caterpillars and giraffes and 3D cubes and such. And then Squidward gives it a go and sucks at it naturally. So that's my, you know, my fondest memory of SpongeBob. But today, as Jason mentioned, we're going a little deeper into season three. And Marie has chosen the specific episode. Yeah, pr- pretty, pretty deep in the in the character arc. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, season three, you know, so much has happened. We've the really, characters have grown we've really so much. In love with SpongeBob. Really. We, we've we, peeled we really all of have. his onion layers back. <laughs> we, we know who he is as a sponge, like all the grit that he can really take from all the different dishes. All of the cellophane. But uh, specifically, uh, we're mentioning the episode Crabborg slash Rockabye Bivalve, but we'll be talking about SpongeBob in general today. But Marie, why is it that you chose this episode? Why did it inspire you to come on the podcast? Uh, Crab Borg was just kind of like a little extra, but Rockabye Bivalve was the biggest reason. Okay. Yeah, because... it's, um, it's basically a married couple. <laughs> so, uh, SpongeBob and Patrick find a, uh, mollusk. Um, a scallop, I think it was. It a is. A baby scallop. It's, it's a baby scallop, mm-hmm. and, um, 
the type of scallop is a bivalvia, um, which that's why bivalve was so, I don't know. I just love Oh, that. that didn't even occur to me, actually. So <laughs> fancy. <laughs> I love science. Um, but uh, basically, they find this, this little scallop, um, and they decide to raise it. Uh, and, and when you say they, who are we talking about? SpongeBob and Patrick. Oh, of course, the dynamic duo yeah. of SpongeBob SquarePants. And um, it's so this is a, this is a, one of TV's first gay parent situations. That's right? kind of how it seems. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I think we established that with Rocco's Modern Life because you said that Rocco and Heifer were clearly lovers. So oh, they didn't have a kid though. They, uh, Spunky. Oh. Does he count as their kid? Maybe because he yeah. was he yeah, had I enough mental see, deficits, see, yeah, <laughs> to, to need extraordinary <laughs> care. He did. Um, but this is, this is less than a kid and more like a baby bird, but I think they take a little bit too seriously. Yeah. It, I was confused by that because the scallop, and I was trying to look for any sort of joke in that as to why it was chirping, like Mm -hmm. beep, beep, beep. And I was like, why is a sea creature chirping like a bird? Mm -hmm. Okay. But. Well, SpongeBob says, um, he doesn't even have his, or he, he can't even fly yet. Yeah. Underwater. Like you do. Yeah. So I think it's supposed to be kind of like an allegory to finding a baby bird um so they find this baby bird uh they have this whole montage um and one of the things that i noticed uh that was really funny was uh during the little montage there's a a fish couple (laughs) and um they look at spongebob and patrick and they have a little bubble yeah they're Um, a little nonplussed when they see a yeah and they're like (laughs) sponge plus star equals mollusk so that's the first thing um because, you know, I guess that's kind of alluding towards how that happened. and the Those are just adoption haters. What are, what's their problem? I mean. Yeah, I know. Get on board, people. Right. Families come in all shapes and sizes. Exactly. Not all of us are just fish. Boring. <laughs> um, and then it gets kind of weird. <laughs> oh, then it gets weird. <laughs> it's all, that's when it gets weird? It's already a little weird, but then it gets weirder. Um, they kind of establish roles. Uh, so... Patrick wants to be the mom, but SpongeBob tells him, well, you can't be the mom because you never wear a shirt. And that, that's why. I mean, my mom always wore a shirt, so that's that's just sound logic if you ask me. I guess so. So, yeah, that's um, that's one thing. And then he says, <laughs> you know, hey, yeah, you're right. If I were a mom, this would be scary. And then they pan down to show Patrick's very bulbous, hairy body. Gross. Which is very strange. Yeah, I, that, I, that was a disturbing a image. Starfish. So it's they don't have hair it's I guess, challenging i guess that's what happens when a starfish just never hits the gym he gets all bloated and yeah, disgusting he, he has a physique that challenges your eye <laughs> you know, it dares you to keep looking it offends my sensibilities yeah <laughs> i'm gonna poke someone's eye out um so then this as i said it gets weirder uh because SpongeBob is now the mom um, and he's doing mom stuff i guess he's doing a bunch of uh holding the baby they call it junior, which is also kind of strange because it's like junior what, like junior. Yeah, we never crab. establish whose name the baby's going to take, uh, just what gender it's going to assume. We don't know any of these vitally important questions. I know what is what is its real name? Junior. Do bivalves have genders? Oh man, I don't know. See that? Well, the word "bi" is you know in their name, so possibly not. And I'm not even saying that to be funny. <laughs> it, it, it might just be that they don't have gender. I don't. Know I, how I thought they... that was that was that was a reference to their sexual preference. Bi? Oh yeah. Well, of course they're they... they're all bisexual. Yeah. Well, it's like in that other episode with ants where we got into the very 
you know, detailed discussion about how ants reproduce. <laughs> and now we're trying to figure out how scallops and mollusks reproduce. So mm-hmm. apparently yeah. you're going to get some science with our episodes, listeners. I know how ants reproduce, but we won't get into that. Oh, we already covered it. Oh, you, good. Were, you weren't here for that. <laughs> okay, um, so I guess the bivalve does refer to that. Okay. Maybe. Um, actually, I think I looked it up. It said something about having, since it's bivalve, it's because they open and close out of for, valve. For all of you at home who were desperately wondering I know, how I know. it is really, that bivalves really reproduce. Um, okay, so SpongeBob, let, let's go back a little bit just for the people who maybe didn't watch it when they were younger or <gasps> what? or were like me, didn't like it. Old men who had aged out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely this is definitely an aged out sort of thing, which is fine. I mean, look, Rugrats, right? If Rugrats had come, uh, come out two or three years later, I never would have watched it. As it is, I loved it. Makes sense. You know? Um, but SpongeBob, am I right? SpongeBob is a, it's sort of not a follow on, but it's kind of the, uh, the, the, uh, the heir to Rocco, right? It is. is. Uh, Tom Kenny, the star of SpongeBob was actually the voice of Heifer on Rocco's Modern Life. And, um, that guy's everywhere. Oh, literally. If you look up his IMDb, it's frightening how many voices he does just for individual shows. I mean, even on Rocco's Modern Life, he was about half the cast. So mm-hmm. he's well, like I mean, three quarters of the cast in SpongeBob. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, I mean, you know, what does he do? He sits in a chair behind a microphone and talks. I mean, what kind of? I mean, what kind exactly, of jackasses do that? That's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't exactly take a lot of intelligence or skill or talent to do that. You know, I'm going to pretend my feelings weren't hurt just then, Jason. <laughs> No, so anyway, so this was, so Rocco goes off the air, and I'm guessing there's, what, there's a few years hiatus, they developed this, it, both Nickelodeon, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it was technically developed by a marine biologist who came up with the idea, Uh, his name is Steven Hillenberg. Hang on a second, just so our listeners know, you're talking about a biologist who studies fish, not like an Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of person who just does biology. Uh, it's got to be somewhere in that vicinity, yes. Like, I, I think this guy actually went to college and has degrees on his wall. Okay. So All he right. studies the things that live in the ocean Ooh. for a living. Are you saying that Marines don't? That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, my God. See, look, I'm not even touching that one. That's <laughs> that's you. If... <laughs> Me and my bias against the Marines. <laughs> I mean, I just insulted Japan, you know. We insult somebody with every single episode yeah. we have. <laughs> Australia as a whole. I want to go with Liechtenstein this this episode. I want to I want to figure out insult, figure out a way. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll figure out some way of insulting Liechtenstein. Tell them that uh, Heath Ledger sucks in A Knight's Tale because that was his name, Boris von Liechtenstein of Galdelein or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only association I even have with the word Liechtenstein. So you're on your own, buddy. But. Mm-hmm. To get back to the topic at hand, yeah, SpongeBob actually was developed by a real live scientific person uh, <laughs> named Steven Hillenberg. Uh, and who, why, that makes why it sound like he a chose a cellophane sponge instead of, you know, it, it's a it's not a real sponge. He's square. And he even said that it was a cellophane sponge. Well, and that's something that he worried about when it came to the animation, apparently, because he was one of the showrunners. He had a lot to do with it even after it was created. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was worried that, uh, especially with the name, so what you were telling us before we got on to recording, Marie, what was the show originally supposed to be called? Sponge Boy Ahoy. 
Yes, which reminds me of delicious chocolate chip cookies. So yeah, I'm it does glad. sound like a food, doesn't spongy, it? Spongy, spongy cookies. It sounds like a breakfast cereal or something. I don't know. I mean, I'd eat it. But Steven Hillenberg was apparently uh, originally concerned with the animation of SpongeBob. He desperately wanted to keep the word sponge in his name because SpongeBoy Ahoy, or SpongeBoy was um, actually a copyrighted name for a mop. So that's yep. why they couldn't stick with SpongeBoy. <laughs> And so he he still wanted to keep Sponge in the name because with the animation, he was afraid that children would confuse SpongeBob with a block of cheese. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, because he looks like a block of cheese. He well, does. He really does. He does. But I mean, and this show defies logic in so many ways, shapes and forms. But one of them couldn't be the fact that a block of cheese is living at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. What about a squirrel? Well, she at least has the scuba suit with the the but tank. But still, and, why? I don't know. Why does she live she, there? Isn't she on an excavation? I don't excavation. Even, I have I, no. What's the word? Excavation. I, who knows? Exhibit. One of those exo something words. Expedition. That's the word. Expedition. Okay, that's well, the one I said. She hasn't really first. traveled very far. She's in Bikini Bottom. It's not what? very deep. Are we sure? Where is Bikini Bottom exactly? It sounds like you visited. It's, all, have, it's off the coast of Somalia. Isn't it, it? Yeah. There's a little. How many cubic <laughs> miles of seawater take up Bikini Bottom, Jason? I, w- I want all the science behind this. There's a little island, and if you visit it, then you can look under. They're actually very tiny. You don't. You think that they're not, but they're actually very small. Um, That's deep. It's not, not really. actually no, really deep. No, at all. They're not that deep in the water, and it's not that deep of a storyline. So there I you know. go. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So with that being said, the marine, the marine biologist Hillenberg. Uh, he was apparently at the Orange County Marine Institute where he liked to draw, and that's where he came up with the original comic book, which was the inspiration for SpongeBob. It was called Intertidal Zone for the Institute, and uh, or Intertidal Zone. Is apparently, it tidal? that's what it says. But uh, and it starred an early version of SpongeBob, mm-hmm. and apparently that's how a lot of these animated works end up happening. Is uh, like with the Shrek episode, we mentioned how Chris Farley was originally supposed right. to be Shrek, and yeah. it just it takes years to evolve. So it actually started with an intelligent human being creating his own little comic book. So yeah. that's the derivation of SpongeBob. Yeah, and actually, I'm not sure if you um, knew this, but the uh, narrator for that comic book was. Uh, Bob the Sponge. Bob the Sponge? Yeah, it was. Oh, that's just so meta. I know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was, and like Jason said, a lot of the writers, creator, and such came from Rocco's Modern Life, and they actually jumped ship, ah, no pun intended, <laughs> to work on SpongeBob SquarePants. And that's where all of that kind of melded together. Oh, that's interesting. So it wasn't it wasn't the same production company. They actually left Rocco to go do this. I'm not really sure about the production company. I just know that a lot of the team members just wound up. I don't know if it was just an evolutionary thing where Rocco wound down and SpongeBob was the next thing to work on. Hmm. I think that's what it was because Steven Hillenberg, um, you know, I think somebody that was with Rocco said, hey, you could make this intertidal zone into an actual show and... You know, he was like, "Well, I really like Tom Kenny, so why don't I, why don't I try that?" And so that's kind of, I think that's kind of where it came from, because it was like, "Well, because um, Hillenberg worked on on Rocco, I'm pretty sure." Um, so, oh, okay. Yeah, as far as I can remember, looking it up, I think it said something along the lines of he worked on um, on Rocco, and he wanted to keep going and do other stuff, and so he kind of went 
went ahead and did that with SpongeBob. Interesting. Yeah, I guess they would have had to have known each other somehow. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I'm looking over and I'm, I'm seeing that we're on the next episode now. Yes, the bivalve. We're actually on the episode that Marie was discussing. Mm-hmm. Okay. We talk straight okay. through the crab board because yeah, the, the crab board is kind of boring. So we can just go back to that and talk about one little thing that's funny about it. Well, and you see the stylistic uh, similarities, similarities rather between Rocco and SpongeBob because they're broken out in the same way. Mm-hmm. Rocco and SpongeBob both uh, one episode will be broken out into two different stories Mm -hmm. so we talked straight through the first one which was the crab borg story where spongebob is working at the crusty crab where he where he makes his crabby patty burgers and he is under the impression because he watched a scary movie with robots taking over the world and his cat slash snail gary is meowing at him in disdain and he's like Gary, you know I don't care if I watch a scary movie. It's fine. Meow. But then, yeah, <laughs> the, the snail is meowing in disdain. But the next day at work, SpongeBob starts freaking out and getting paranoid and assuming that robots are taking over everyone, including Mr. Krabs. So, so this whole thing is supposed to be, like, watching on drugs, right? I can only assume so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I, 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 come on. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it would be more fun to watch on drugs yeah well what isn't everything's well, more fun to watch nothing. on drugs yeah <laughs> well it's funny when you think about the extremes of the animation and such like and how silly the storylines are when the inspiration for spongebob apparently was kind of an amalgam of uh jerry lewis Wee herman and stan laurel of oh, laurel and hardy yeah. and it's just like okay those are three heavy hitters all very th- different kinds of comedians mm-hmm. and you're blending them into one super sponge <laughs> super sponge. I, he had to absorb all of their comedic abilities well that's what he's good at absorption that's oh, what i was going for yeah. <laughs> jason's groaning over there so jason like one thing i know that you hate about this show is everything yes so why don't you delve into yes. that a little bit well you know it, it it's um I think it's fair to say that it's a lot of it is a stylistic sort of thing. Um, not not so much from an animation standpoint. I don't. I'm, I'm pretty wide open when it comes to animation styles, things like that. But you know, it's just uh, from a comedic standpoint, uh, it's a little on the nose, um, if you know what I mean. Um, the, the whole shtick of them being, you know, they're underwater, so the ice cream has worms in it. Ha. ha, ha. Uh, oh, the ice cream has worms <laughs> in it because the bivalve likes worms. You, you're, well, yeah. oh yeah, 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 Jason. Yeah, it's pay attention. You're, yeah, still not making me laugh. But but you know, it's sort of th- this show is sort of. Um, I mean, you know, like we discussed, there is sort of the age factor into it. It depends on how old you were when you first saw it. Like lots of things. Um, I, I mean, uh, my my best friend and I were having a conversation the other day. We, we were seriously wondering if uh you know because we grew up loving star wars and we grew up thinking okay if star wars you know 1977 episode four of star wars came out whenever i was 30 would i have even cared would i have gone to see it would i have liked it and i think it's actually a pretty fair question oh yeah that a lot of the things that we love really depend on sort of the moment when they came into our lives oh absolutely timing is everything when it comes to 
programming that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people who are younger than me who love, um, you know, the uh, the the Star Wars prequels. Actually, love them. Ooh. Really, I, I know. What communists? Well, you know, they were little kids when they came out. And yeah, it was a big deal, and it was a it was a very you know I hate them, but yeah, I can like any good true blooded American. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a communist, no. Um, but <laughs> like I, I think with SpongeBob, like it's really it's just the the the, the comedy style just it's a little over the top for sure. Well, it is, and it it's sort of I, I think I've also been. It's spoiled in retrospect because in the many years since SpongeBob has come out, you look at all of the really incredible comedic uh, uh, animated series that have been made since then, and they all just keep refining the formula. Now, are you talking about kids programming in general? Or are you referring more to like the Bob's Burgers era, Rick and Morty? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, because well, those are definitely not for children. No. Well, you know, <laughs> see, but that's the weird thing is I don't really think of SpongeBob as a kid's show because everyone I know it, know who likes it is a grown up. I don't know any kids who. Well, like they are it. now because 1999 was 20 years ago. Well, no, I know, but that's my point. Everyone I know who likes it a lot is a grown up. <clears throat> I don't know any kids. My son doesn't like SpongeBob. His friends don't watch it. None of them like it, so the the fan base to me is like it's like a grown up fan base, and and so I just sort of think of it as a show that grown ups watch on you know Amazon Prime like we're doing right now, and so I, I I think if you just look at the way that comedy has developed, and honestly, even if we are talking about kid shows, look at the stuff that Nickelodeon produces nowadays. Look at stuff like Gravity Falls. I'm not familiar with that uh, program. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Gravity Falls. But we uh, don't have kids, so. Well, see, in this, I, I, I never would have watched it if I didn't have a kid. And it stars, um, um, oh, God. Um, Can you Kristen Shaw. Oh, okay. Kristen Shaw. Uh, Linda, How do you forget a name like that? Good I know, Lord. I know, I know. Um, Linda Cardellini, a uh, whole bunch of. Well, not a whole bunch of, but several other really talented people. But it's it's a Nickelodeon cartoon that's basically Twin Peaks for children. Oh, you've mentioned this on prior episodes, actually, now that it, I think about it. Yeah, and it is absolutely fantastic. But the thing is, it's a kid's show with the timing and the beats and the the comedic style. It's sort of like if you took something like Bob's Burgers or... It, Really, if you took Bob's Burgers and took out anything that was offensive, you would end up with something like the comedy on Gravity Falls. I was about to say, you wind up with nothing. Uh, yeah, Bob's I Burgers is a beautiful I, poem of offensive and awesome things. I, I See, I don't think Bob's Burgers... I, I think in the beginning there was more. The past few seasons of Bob's Burgers, I, there hasn't really been... Uh, I actually went back and rewatched it the whole... Uh, the whole show um, all over again. Not too it long does ago. get more, f you know, family accessible it's, as the seasons a, go it's on. It's a lot yeah. more family accessible now than it was. That's true. But it's still just as funny. It's still just as good. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, in the era of, some, of stuff like Gravity Falls or uh, even the, the serious animated kid show, like Star Wars Rebels, which is a surprisingly good show. Okay. Um, you know, SpongeBob just seems like sort of, eh, you know, that was an old silly cartoon that kind of flew by me. 
But it's never like it's never lagged in popularity. It even oh, no. uh, going back to your thought about how you have to be heavily medicated or just on drugs in general to watch this show. There's actually um, a two season series that was on VH1 apparently called Illustrated, and it ran in two thousand three and four. Uh, and it was one of the animated. It was an animated short that was kind of a parody of SpongeBob, where everything was all the characters were either pot leaves or paraphernalia that you require to yeah. smoke pot so uh, yeah apparently somebody had the same idea and they were like this is what spongebob would be if it was all about drugs yeah well <laughs> yeah and and like i said i mean you know it's like um uh, it's like what uh, uh jeff winger said on community about religion you know he said uh, religion is like dane cook uh, uh -oh. I, I don't want to have any part of it, but I wouldn't deny it to anybody else. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. That's a pretty sick burn. <laughs> but, um... Is he even alive anymore, Dan Cook? <laughs> I think he is. No, it's, it's bad. He he's died. No, he's, he's he coming... He's coming to Atlanta next... Or either this year or next year. He's going Living? back on tour. Yeah, Why? I saw it on Does Facebook want... the other day. I got my, uh, hey, there are still frat boys in the universe... Yeah. ...who want to be... They're, flick this, the super finger they're, at they're, so. they're gonna drive I mean I had an old a friend of mine that used that well I an old friend that still likes Dan Cook a girl yeah. I mean some people do but that that was one of the things that H. John your, Benjamin uh, said put about put your puka shell necklace on crank some Dave Matthews and go watch smoke some weed smoke some weed and go listen to Dane Cook well that's even one of the things that H. John Benjamin said on Archer where he was like, I am so sick of people coming up and saying this specific line to me where uh, when he's teaching Cyril how to be a secret agent and Cyril's like, what am I going to learn? Like karate? And Archer's like, karate, the Dane Cook of martial arts. <laughs> and apparently people come up to him and quote that a lot at him. And he's like, God, I'm sick of that. There's so many better zingers on that show. Pick one. Like, So even in that removed layer, H. John Benjamin has no patience for Dane Cook either. So. Yeah. He's he's actually Dan Cook has actually gone full circle where he's even irritating because of the people who don't like him. Exactly, he's that he's that irritating. He's got like double duplicate inception sort of layers of annoying around him. It's very impressive if you think about it. He really is. He kind of just oozes it. It's, yeah. It's if, if I guess that sort of means eventually he'll come full circle and become awesome. I don't know. I guess that's why he's going on tour again. That's what he's hoping to accomplish. <laughs> I mean, Carlos yeah. Mencia never did that, so. Oh. Wow. Yeah, but yeah. when you only have one catchphrase, which is dee -dee -dee, and you never come up with any new material, that's bound to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just a couple of the celebrities that never appeared on SpongeBob because they, they never really made it to that level. So let's talk about Ernest Borgnine. Yes, he was actually... Uh, that was actually part of this, so please go ahead with that thought. Because... As much as I don't care for SpongeBob, um, the mere fact that Ernest Borgnine is associated with it yep. is enough in my book to give it a, a, a glimmer of coolness because I love Ernest Borgnine. I mean, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> look, he was the guy. He was, he was the co-pilot on Airwolf. No, I'm, he was. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> Wait, yeah, he Ernest Borgnine. I'm not arguing with you. I just. You're just such a nerd. It, it hurts to be in the room with you right now. What? Airwolf... Go ahead with your thought, Jason. No, Air, Air... <laughs> hey, come on. Airwolf was awesome. Well, the first season. Well, most of the first. Well, like three episodes of it. There was one really good episode, and the music was good. Nerd. <laughs> and then they uh, then they completely retooled it for their their second season. 
Those bastards. Yeah. Yeah, he's not even one of the big hitters. He's or just one of the many big hitters that's had associations with SpongeBob. They've pulled in celebrity voices that I didn't even realize were part of it. Like we're talking uh, Robin Williams, Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, Uh, tons of celebrity. Because Mm -hmm. Hillenburg, the guy who came up with the show. He was very anti-celebrity when he was a showrunner. So all of this kind of evolved after he left the show because he didn't stick with it through its lifespan. Um, Which is why it started to get less good. I stopped watching after a certain amount of time. How long was it on the air? It's still. It's still on the air. They're still making episodes. They're still making new episodes? They're still making terrible episodes. They take hiatuses (laughs) once in a while to make another crappy SpongeBob movie. Uh, and that's when they just sort of recycle episodes for a bit, but then they come back and make new ones. It's it's still on the air. Well, you know, I mean, that's I I, I got to respect that. You know, I mean, there there are very very few shows in America that do that. You know, um, Venture Brothers, um, mm-hmm. which most people who who watch Venture Brothers think it was canceled. And it it's actually still on the air. They still make new episodes of it. They oh, just wow. do it very... Yeah, I actually I didn't know that and I do like Venture Brothers. Yeah, it's actually still on the air. They still make new episodes. And that that's sort of that's the sort of thing that you see in uh in British T V a lot, where you'll have a show that does get a very big following and then they'll just sort of put it on simmer where mm-hmm. they won't cancel it. But they'll do things like that, you know, like uh, Red Take Dwarf. Take a little hiatus and then come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think Red Dwarf does like six episodes every two years. What stop? Red yeah. Dwarf is still doing episodes. Red, Red Dwarf is still on the air. The last season was 2017. What? Yep. I think the next yeah. show that's going to do that to us, or, or is currently doing that to us, is Rick and Morty because the, that show got renewed for seven more seasons <laughs> yeah. after season three. But uh, they even say it at the end of one of the seasons where the Mr. Poopy Butthole guy is like, "We'll see you in a couple more years yeah, or whatever we come back." grandpa beard (laughs) i I have i i've heard the rumor is on that that the the production schedule for rick and morty will speed up because apparently and i i I don't know if this is true but apparently i was about to say don't tease me jason right i need this well apparently the delay the the big hiatus was caused by a bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes as far as getting new agreements said and um I think one of the EPs, the guy played uh, Starburns, because um, if you notice on season three, you ever you know, in the first two seasons of Rick and Morty, you know at the end of the show they have all the vanity cards. Yeah, and they have the one where you know it eats a good a show. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, that yeah. that oh that's not, right because you don't see that after a yeah, certain point. Yeah, it's and, not on series three. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, you're right, it isn't. No, yeah. it went away after season two or during season two. I can't remember exactly when, but yeah. So supposedly those issues have been cleaned up and now everything is just set to make it just like a normal show. Interesting. So we'll see. But, you know, I'm comfortable with that. If I can if I can be guaranteed seven more seasons. I'll wait it, patiently for I'll, <laughs> I Yeah, I will totally wait patiently. Um, for quality episodes as opposed to yeah. them having to follow a timeline where exactly. they're cranking out absolute garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Rick and Morty, the kind of level of writing that's on that show is hard to... Oh, yeah. It's hard to compare to anything else. But, yeah. Um, unlike with SpongeBob, where, you know, I'm pretty sure they just throw a wet sock at a wall and let that write the episode. They get really stoned. <laughs> and... Yeah. It's... They watch the after. they watch the pop parody and they're like that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> what if the sponge like 
Yeah. Had a baby. Yeah, man. What if they had a baby? What if like a little mollusk and they were like, whoa. Well, just the whole whole concept of the show is like, it's like the sponge and he lives in the ocean, right? And he makes burgers. He makes awesome. (laughs) He lives in Bikini Bottom and he works at the Krusty Krab. And he's got a stupid friend, Patrick, who... Um, All right, so this crab, he's got to, he, Laura Palmer's murdered, and he's got to, like, figure out <laughs> who did it, and uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think that might be a different show, dude. But, uh, yeah, the show is still on the air, but they do, like we were saying, they take hiatuses every night, or they did to make the couple of different SpongeBob movies that they have, and that, going back to, like, the highbrow celebrity names that we were talking about, like Johnny Depp, Robin Williams, uh, Hillenberg didn't want anything to do with that, evidently. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I, we're, you know, we're not the celebrity crush type. That's not we're what not we're doing. We're not the Simpsons. And even when they made one of the movies, uh, one of the songwriters for the Just a Kid song, which I'm not familiar with, but it's in the movie, uh, they apparently sort of envisioned Justin Timberlake being part of the soundtrack, and Hillenberg was like, absolutely not... And apparently he said exactly, I don't like those commercial people. And he didn't want anything to do with Justin Timberlake ooh, or like any ooh, big name. He's so highbrow. His characters dance around at Universal Studios, dude. Come on. Get, get your head out of your ass. I mean. <laughs> oh, no, that's so commercial. <laughs> now, excuse me. I have to go cash my big ass check. <laughs> yeah, because I was at Universal uh, in 2018 recently this past summer. And they... They have a SpongeBob section. There's a whole SpongeBob store. You can go inside SpongeBob's little pineapple, and Gary's in there watching TV. Is that new? I don't know that it's new, but I haven't been to Universal in a really long time, so it may not be new. I mean, I went with my fiance in like four years ago, I think, three years ago. Universal. (laughs) But I would have totally been all over that. It must yeah. be new then. Yeah, They've you, also got the Simpsons Land now going on. So yeah. I did. I I was there. For but you that. know, I I wonder what's going to happen with Simpsons Land because um, Disney bought all of Fox's TV assets. That's right. So I wonder if uh, they Simpsons, might take a little trip and yeah. move into Disney World, oh or 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 Disney might just go no. We're not going to do anything with it, but y'all can keep you can, it. I think you they can't need have to do it that either. because if they don't, it's going to be they're going to have Simpson stuff all over Disney World, and it's just going to be super dumbed down. Yeah, that Duff would be beer. awful. <laughs> Duff water, and Krusty the Clown Duff scaring the hell out of you. What, what yeah, I, I mean, what I want is since Disney bought uh, Fox's stuff, I want them to put Bob's Burgers, like an actual Bob's Burgers. Oh, one hundred percent. I would go tomorrow if they yeah, built a seriously. Bob's Burgers Absolutely. land. <laughs> Drop it, everything I'm doing. Yeah, all right. Am I the only person who when the, when, when you, Okay, when you watch Bob's Burgers and you see the burger, does it look like it's probably a really, really good burger? Oh, no. It's, there's a debate going on about that between John Benjamin and one of the show's either creators or the one of the mainstays on the show. Warren Bouchard? Uh, I think so. Uh, because Of Dr. Katz fame. There you go. Oh, yeah. that's a deep cut right that, there. That's an old one. You are an old-ass man, Jason. Yeah. They're bringing, but, uh, Dr. Katz is coming back. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a, some kind of a short-form web release or something like that. I'm all right with that. Yeah. They could do the same with Daria. Uh, they could do the same with... Uh, <laughs> Daria. What was it? Bob and Peg? Eon Flux. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. No. But, uh, yeah, that's apparently a debate between John Benjamin and I think it's Lauren Bouchard, like you were saying, because John Benjamin maintains that the the Belcher family stays poor because Bob's burgers are crappy. And... 
everyone else is like, no, they're oh. really high quality burgers. They're amazing. It's just he's not a good businessman. He's not this. And John Benjamin is like, no, the burgers have to be complete crap for people to not patronize his business. You so shut your mouth, H. John. No, seriously, because yeah, those burgers, I, I they've made say, a cookbook out of those burgers. I, yeah, they I have look it on delicious. my shelf at home. Right. Yeah, I, I got to disagree with uh, with uh, John Benjamin. No, on New Baconings was one of the best burgers I've ever put in my he mouth. He needs to get in his van and think about it. <laughs> John Benjamin owns a van, but unlike SpongeBob, who his problem, drives a boat. His problem is that he, I know we're not talking about Bob's Burgers, but his problem is that he's across from, what is that guy's name? Jimmy, Jimmy Pesto. Jimmy Pesto. He's across from that guy who has really good business. Like, move he's somewhere got, else. Well, I think that's the just, has, juxtaposition of poppers. it. Jim, <laughs> he got some sesame cheddar blasts. <laughs> but uh, Jimmy Pesto's got crappy Trans food. noodles goes good with fries. I was in a lot of commercials today. <laughs> but, yeah, Jimmy Pesto's has crappy food and a lot of customers, and yet Bob's Burgers has amazing burgers yeah. and no customers. Well, it's the so atmosphere, that, I think. Yeah. Because Jimmy Probably. Pesto's is fun. And he says that that burger competition we don't card so that's a big draw for a lot of people right just in and of itself it's true but hey you know where else they serve burgers the crusty crab the on spongebob so. in bikini bottom sorry back to back. I, did, I did my best uh he tried i always to... thought that they looked delicious as well but that's i mean they were under underwater but i was always especially the episode where uh squidward falls in love with them and he can't stop eating them what are they made of crabs Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. We found we Plankton can hang up his apron because we found the secret ingredient to mm-hmm. the Krabby Patty. Actually, the secret ingredient I'm pretty sure is Plankton, not not actual him. But. God, and Plankton in and of himself is just. I would say he's one of the best villains on any kids show. Hands in the down. history of the ever ever because especially I saw this really awesome meme the other day which pointed out an incredibly deep joke that I never would have picked up on as a kid, which is kind of the basis of this podcast. We've morphed into other things, but that's one of them. And uh, the meme was basically showing Plankton eating a burger that was comprised of a holograph, which is legit because Plankton subsists on light and photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. So a holograph burger is perfect for a little bitty Plankton to eat. And I was just like... That is some super stoner stuff right there. You mm-hmm. have to be so baked to even yeah, yeah. think of something like that. Or well, a marine biologist. Like, yeah, you know, maybe yeah. one or the other. Yeah. My <laughs> fingers can touch everything, but they can't touch themselves. Oh, God. Away. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. I'm not touching your big fingers. Uh, <laughs> come on, you know what that's from? That sounds really familiar. Futurama. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. See, I'm not the biggest Futurama person. Oh, like, I, I am. I I, I, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Futurama. It, it's that's another show that it's it's like with everything else. Uh, Matt Groening, you know, Groening's got a new show on Netflix, uh, Disenchanted. Yeah. Oh yes. I watched the first episode of that. It, really? That's it? Oh, it's so good. I just haven't been able to catch up with any of the rest of it yet. So good. It's you know, Groening. He definitely has a style. Oh you yeah, can, you can absolutely. De- you can definitely, you know. I mean, w- you know, I asked my my kid who is who is nine. You know, I was like, well, tell me, you know, who, you know, what's it about? Who's in it? And uh, who's that little like demon guy? And he goes, oh him, uh, he's Bender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Is yeah, he's basically Bender. <laughs> it's kind of like the you know Family Guy versus American Dad. They've got an alien instead of yeah. a dog, yeah. and, and just a a fish with a fancy accent instead of Stewie, who's clearly british when the rest of the family's american but 
Um, yeah, but with uh, SpongeBob, they actually, there's not just one marine biologist that's in on this conspiracy, you guys, because it turns out researchers at San Francisco State University christened a new species of mushroom, Spongiforma square pantsy, in Stop. 2011. Yes. <laughs> on account of its resemblance to the sea sponge. Oh yeah, on account of that. Oh, right. it says yeah. when the that's re- why they did it. They didn't get stoned one night. <laughs> well, oh, they're out man, there on the like ocean. They're out there on a boat for what, like four years <laughs> yeah. at a time. What else is there to do, Jason? For the love of God. Yeah. But it says when the researchers also noted that the spore-producing area of the fungus found in the forests of Borneo Wait, resembled you mean a it's junk. Yes, resembled okay. a seafloor <laughs> carpeted in tube sponges. <laughs> Sorry. It sealed the deal. <laughs> that was a good side note, but you know, I'm not going back to it. I refuse. I can't work like this. But, I mean, and, and the show has actually caused its own, you know, discontent and sown its own trouble because there was actually like a basically a an overall feeling of acceptance on the show which there were people who took to it as like homosexual propaganda which if they were ever going to do that it is needed it, to be with Rocco's modern life SpongeBob that, and Patrick seems like I mean were... this one episode it's pretty it's getting close I don't I, yeah weird. I I mean I think you can read into a lot of stuff you know it's sort of <laughs> you know you, you can shoot an arrow at the wall and then go paint a bullseye around it you know, um, and and admittedly, I have not seen very much of uh, of SpongeBob, but I think any of the sort of conspiracy theories, you know, hidden agenda sort of thing, I have. A, I don't know. I'm very skeptical. Well, I mean, the show just, I don't know. I especially with some of the methods that they had behind the storylines, it's nobody was out to make anything political. Like the show yeah. actually maintained that all the characters were asexual or just didn't have a sexual preference and you're right there's no dating at all no never like you think that there would be when they start to introduce uh sandy. like sandy and who's mr krabs's daughter because she's a whale <laughs> which also makes no sense yeah makes about as much sense as spongebob having a mollusk for a baby but mm-hmm. um yeah there's pearl who's actually she is the anchor woman on family guy Oh, Diane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diane. Because uh, what's the what's the anchorman's name, voiced uh, by Seth MacFarlane? Tom. Tom and Tom, Diane. Tom, yeah. I was like, you're and you're a whore, Diane. Like it goes back to those sort of Dan Aykroyd. Oh, Jane, you, you ignorant slut. slut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they definitely have some more grown up, yeah, you know, talent on the show because Pearl was from Family Guy and Tom Kenny being in. Literally every, every show He's that's ever happened. Basically, the Samuel L. Jackson of voiceovers because Samuel L. Jackson. I thought that would make him the Steve Buscemi because I thought Steve Buscemi was in more movies than any other person in the world. Was he? I think He's so. In a lot. He's so bizarre, bizarre looking that I would, I would think that I would notice. I think that's kind of the point, though. Like they kind of dress him up and. Just kind of put him off in the side, and it's like there's Steve. Yeah, I, even if he's uncredited, I think he, I think he was one of the most worked actors in all of history besides jack lemon wasn't it yeah yeah yeah. jack Jack lemon was in a ridiculous number he was even in his own grave with that awesome anecdote you told me about his gravestone (laughs) well he was from that generation though where you you know you you go back and look at those guys on imdb and they have like 300 credits they do you know because walter mathow yeah because i mean you know they would just do day player stuff they would be on you know 
you know, I, they would do uh, an episode of a TV show, and then all my the, children, <laughs> and then the next day do another episode of a different TV show. You know, um, back when that was possible, and it took production yeah. a longer time to get things set up, whereas now. You know, people expect an episode of something back but, after back. You know, but you have to think like with uh, with voice actors, you you can you can see how that something like that is possible because you know you show up, there's no hair and makeup, there's no you know there's no blocking, you don't even really have to memorize the script. No, you can have it right in front of you. And you can have it right there, yeah. And especially since everything's digital now, it doesn't cost the same to do a recording session. Oh yeah, that it used to like. Yeah, because you used to have to be Johnny on the spot with your lines in the recording studio, even more so than in real life. But you're not wasting tape or anything, so right, it's a lot more convenient these days. Yeah, but yeah, like that's one of the things that I do admire about SpongeBob is that there's actually kind of a Ray Bradbury influence to the <laughs> writing. No, you won't believe this. Uh, apparently. Uh, to come up with ideas, they'd take ideas from like the essay collection of Zen and the Art of Writing, and the staff would do something called the noun game, where everyone had to write um, three to six nouns on small pieces of paper and then place them in a hat. They'd draw one and then spend a minute writing an unfiltered story based on that noun. So it was very Meryl Streep, like, give me an occupation, clown, <laughs> give me a location, farm. Oh, I'm a clown on a farm. So the, the, apparently so it's very it... highbrow writing style <laughs> that they had going on. So, so that may have so led to the it, hate of SpongeBob. It, yeah, and Jason. it's sort of formulated improv, more or less. Maybe yeah. that's why I love it so much because yeah. it's so, it's so fresh, it's so new, it's so it's so ADD. It's so SpongeBob yeah. improv, where you're not so much an audience member as you are a victim. Um, <laughs> With improv, everyone loses. Yeah. <laughs> Except whose line? Whose line? Whose line is funny? Whose line is funny? It is, yeah. especially the British one. The oh British yeah. One is hilarious yeah. so we've come full circle we've watched uh i think we're up to we're on it, like the sixth episode, like the sixth of, episode the season of the season. studio um as far as spongebob goes i'm out of ideas <laughs> yeah we've covered pretty much everything i remember about it or could look up about it today so i i, I don't know ultimately i think it's a program that's suitable for children and it goes back to that whole scale that you and I have where was it subtle enough for kids to enjoy it for the story? Yeah. Like, because, uh, Marie, in case you're not familiar, like, when Jason and I were sort of debating about, like, what made a good kids show slash adult show is the fact that kids would remember it for the storylines. Like, mm -hmm. how I said, I remember the bubble stand in front of SpongeBob's place, and that was what I picked up on as a kid. I didn't pick up on any of the inappropriate animation or adult humor or anything like that unless it was just extremely obvious mm -hmm. whereas adults would sit there and be like oh my god what is this this like, is so bad i should turn this off right now what's happening <laughs> but um we also so we have this official scale on our show of alf to seinfeld when it comes to <laughs> yes when it comes to quality so With i rocco think, in the middle yeah rocco is a dead heat in the middle between yeah, seinfeld and alf and I guess you you already know which one is superior between Alf or Seinfeld. So yeah, well, sure. it, it's it's a scale that measures how well it holds up. Yes, so that's you know just going into the how subtle a program was, so kids would remember it for the story as opposed to the dirty jokes, and the exact opposite for 
adults they'll remember it for the dirty jokes and they won't remember anything about the storylines because they're all over the place yeah but yeah so in your professional opinion being the nominee of this show what on a level of alf to seinfeld where would you say that spongebob squarepants holds up on the spectrum yeah with with rocco is a solid five. Oh man um i'd have to give it a three okay Ooh. so it's more toward the alf spectrum yeah. okay yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I kind of look at it um, with kid shows. There are there are kid shows that. Well, OK, there's two that come to mind. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which my my son watched whenever he was very, very young. And Shaun the Sheep, which he watched about the same time. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse sucks. Yes. <laughs> Shaun the Sheep is very very good it is it's an argument show i'm not familiar with that show either <laughs> oh showing the sheep is great yeah it's yeah. cute yeah if you like uh if you like wallace and gromit yeah it's yeah. very wallace and gromit yeah i yeah. was okay with wallace and gromit they I weren't see, my I, favorite i, but love, I, 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 I loved wallace uh, yeah, and gromit i, I adore wallace cheese, and gromit. Gromit, cheese. i do remember that about wallace and gromit <laughs> they really like cheese but the, the the thing with both of those shows though one's a very bad show one's a very good show both of them, if I hear the music from either one of them today, I want to vomit. It's just a visceral reaction <laughs> at this point. And so the point is that even though a show, you know, like a show can be good, but no, no, thank you. Don't want to have anything to do with it just because, you know, it doesn't have that staying power. It doesn't have enough good to overcome the fact, you know, you know, the, the years and whatever. Um, I would say with SpongeBob, even though I don't like it. To me, it's got to be around Rocco because I don't see how, you know, it, it's it's the same show, you know. Um, yeah, just two sort of tiny little storylines smashed together in a half hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, you know, but I'm probably not the best person to ask, though, because, you know, my, my initial reaction to it is negative to begin with. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'd say it's probably around Rocco. Oh, I, man, have to I think we've converted him a little bit. No, no, no. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to disagree. I respectfully disagree. No, with I, I actually like it less now. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, one of the things we've also talked about on this show more than once, I believe, is the fact that like shows change for you so drastically from childhood to adulthood. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's why Alf uh, is on the bottom of the spectrum because so it's something, yeah, it's something you adore as a kid, but then you go back as an adult and you're like, what the actual even is happening? With that's kind of how I feel about SpongeBob, honestly. Well, it's the opposite with Seinfeld. So mm-hmm. as a kid, I liken Seinfeld to, you know, when your mom runs into her girlfriend at the grocery store and they talk for 45 Awful. minutes and you're like, when do we get to leave? Why do I have to listen so to this? Bad. That was how I felt about Seinfeld growing up because I was like, she's really upset about an exclamation point. I don't, I don't, why? Like, I just didn't understand it. Now as a grown up, I've completely flip-flopped and I appreciate the hell out of Seinfeld. Yeah. So they both represent the exact opposite ends of the spectrum in that case. Yeah. Now with SpongeBob, it's, I've done a bit of a 180 on it. I remember. This looks like it should be a Bob and David skit. That's yeah, Tom this... Kenny, actually. I know. That's what I mean. It looks like it should be a Bob and David skit, but it's not because there's no like incredibly obscene joke, you know, right on the surface of it. Well, and another funny side note about the uh, the actual voice of SpongeBob is that uh, it came from another show, 
and when I think it was Hillenburg, I'm not exactly sure. The voice? uh, Yeah, Tom Kenny had already done this kind of a voice, either on Rocco's Modern Life. I think it was Rocco, and then Hillenburg was like, that voice you did, I can't even think of it, where you're like a judge or something in the background. And it's just, and Tom Kenny was like, wow, that was like a total throwaway voice for like an extra character. Are you sure you want the star of the show talking like to that? To be that irritating ass voice that Die! I just tossed off. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've got another anecdote as to why I sort of turned See, against SpongeBob. I'm just SpongeBob. watching this, expecting Tom Kenny at some moment just to say, God damn it. <laughs> be a little inappropriate or on like the Nickelodeon network. Bob Odenkirk to walk out and just be dressed normal and go, what the fuck are you doing? Better call Saul. Why, 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 are, you, why are you dressed like a pirate? it again at least one of his eyes are, is covered that's yeah. true that's a poor for a pirate poor Tom but Kenny. you know the listeners aren't seeing any of this so sorry listeners but yeah. uh, it's a pirate with a eye patch you're not missing anything. <laughs> I know, go not. watch go but, watch go watch bob and david you'll be fine but as far as the alf to seinfeld spectrum i would definitely put spongebob more toward the alf section yeah. like it, it yeah it's got to go below rocco it, does. it definitely does especially and i would I'm kind of like you, Jason. I was a little sour toward it as an adult because every morning my roommate in college, she was actually a guest on the show first. Hi, Meg. Uh, she would listen <laughs> to SpongeBob every and single you, morning. Wait a minute. You didn't murder her? Uh, miraculously, no. I just closed <laughs> the door to my room. But I would wake up at 7 a.m. Oh, I would just kill whoever. I would, the, what, <laughs> if I woke up and I heard somebody doing it, about the fifth time, I would have just killed the first living thing that I saw whenever I woke up the next morning. I would just take a hot <laughs> shower and relax and just ignore the sound of <laughs> coming from my roommate's room because, oh my god, I heard it every morning for like two I, years. You know, I, first did, thing. Think of how Squidward feels. She didn't look like she had a drug problem. <laughs> well, this was back in college where her, her teeth were her, so nice. <laughs> oh god. Well, not a drug problem, but she uh, used to have flaming hot Cheetos for breakfast when we were 20 years old, so that may be the closest it comes. A can of Coke in the morning with a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. I actually think the drugs would be more healthy for it's you. It's possible. I think I think just eating a bowl of marijuana would, <laughs> would be healthier for you. Go to the pot side. <laughs> but So, like, I love this show as a kid. I remember that, and then I started hating it in college because I heard his annoying, SpongeBob's annoying-ass laugh at 7 a.m., pre-coffee pre-anything and it was just that awful "Ah!" and i just i was so over it wait a minute you guys were up in college before 7 a.m when we were naive freshmen we had we had 8 a.m classes we learned really quickly yeah we learned really quickly because we were used to getting up that early like oh this is such a good idea I, i had a roommate for exactly one quarter in college that's it you bastard yeah, yeah lucky because uh the experience was so bad that i said I Never don't, again. I don't care if I have to lie about being disabled. Bad touch. Bad touch. And in fact, I don't care <laughs> if I actually have to injure myself and become disabled. I'm not going Jeez. to have this. Yeah. <laughs> this was a guy. Jeez. No, seriously. This guy, you know what his party piece was when I was trying to study? He would, uh, he wore a gold chain. Like you do. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> and he would take the gold chain. I'm not kidding you. You better not be kidding me. He would, I can't even, this is hard to say. Oh, God. He would take the chain and he would put it up his nose. Oh, God. No, no, no. This is serious. I, I saw him do this many times. Oh, God. I'm scared. And he would, he would somehow do something where the chain would come at, down the back of his throat <gasps> and he would have one end of the chain hanging out of his nose, the other end hanging out of his mouth. So he basically tubed himself. Oh. I, I, yes, he intubated. Why would he do that? Yeah, I don't know. Because he was a 
fucking idiot. <laughs> you know who you are. We're not going to call you out, but you well, he know died. who you are. Oh, he oh, sh- no. I'm so kidding. that worked no, out I'm for kidding. you. No, <laughs> but didn't you feel like an asshole? <laughs> no. I, I mean, he might be dead. That he was died like... intubating himself yeah, with a gold necklace. Oh, that would well, not when be he surprising. when he when he upgraded to puka shells, that's when he died. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was in college at the height of the bookshell revolution. Oh yeah, we all miss yeah. that. I Old didn't man. have one. I can those say white that. rock necklaces. Yeah, I that not, everybody I, had one. I never had a bookshell. I remember them doing bookshells in um, middle school. Rip. Back when we made our own bracelets. Yeah. And we wore jellies. Did you have the little paper things that you would do like to tell your fortune? Oh, oh yeah. Ca- yeah. Cootie catchers. So yeah. Is that- <laughs> Cootie catchers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, where he's like, pick a number, one, two, three, four. Yeah, that was pick it. a color, that was red, R E D. You're going to marry Sean Cassidy. <laughs> Sean Cassidy. I was trying to go for somebody around your age, Jason, so you would get the reference. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's disturbing if you were saying that. In our case, it would have been more like Johnny Depp, Robert Downey Jr. Back when Johnny Depp was. On all the coke and I don't know. I think yeah, it'd be something like Aaron rooms. Carter, wouldn't it? Like um, Aaron Carter, Nick Carter, my God. Um, Aaron Carter, no. Aaron Carter. <laughs> I Wait, wasn't he Two Face and Batman? You're yeah, thinking about Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron <laughs> <laughs> Quite the age not, difference. Not an attractive man. <laughs> no, Aaron Carter was uh, the Backstreet Boys' little brother. Mm. Uh, come get it. Come get it, that that no. little piece of crap. No, I, yeah. no, I declined. I used, to, I used to be in love with that kid. He had that one song, Boo-boo. the Come Get It song. I know, it was party. so much fun. I just, I couldn't stop listening to it. And then Now, I mean, I'll admit I'm still in love with the Backstreet Boys, but Aaron Carter, absolutely not. <laughs> Brian Luttrell, I'm taller than you, but call me. <laughs> I remember when the New Kids in the Block came to my town. That's... They had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I almost said Go Ninja Go, but that was Vanilla Ice. Sorry. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> You're thinking of, like, New Kids is uh, Donnie Wahlberg, Donnie Mark, Wahlberg. Marky, Marky Mark's Marky little Mar- brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donnie yeah, Wahlberg. it made me sad the other day Joey. when I had to explain to somebody that Marky Mark and Mark Wahlberg are the same person. Have you ever seen them together in the same room? No. There's I'm not a saying, reason. I'm not saying I'm Batman. I'm just saying you've never seen me and Batman in the same room together. I'm sure Marky Mark says that about himself all the time in reference to his alter ego. So SpongeBob, that was an exciting episode. (laughs) Marie, final thoughts after we've scaled everything to, you know, sort of an ALF trash level of quality for poor SpongeBob. He didn't make it above the Rocco scale. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still going to watch Punch. I don't really watch it very much anymore. Um, Hey, but you chose this over Rugrats. She started with Rugrats. I couldn't find listeners. enough information. I, yeah. I could have done the Rugrats movie. I think Rugrats. I, I kind of don't want to go back and watch Rugrats. You don't want to ruin it be, because I, I I'm afraid it's going to be an Alf situation. It's not. Oh no, it isn't. Absolutely not. Okay, no, it All is right. definitely closer to Seinfeld. It's amazing. It's great for the kids, and as you get it to be an adult, you enjoy the stuff that the adults are doing. So. Um, I mean, for I, I, that's why the biggest reason why I didn't want to um, do Rugrats is because most of it is uh, visual. Yeah. So it's you know. Like the- well, that's okay. I mean, you could find an episode that's visual as long as you can describe it adequately, like and 
paint a picture with your mind. Nah, brush. bullshit. Next time, ne- ne- next show, we're, we're we're going back further. We're we're, we're gonna have to go back older than this because we've been doing all these like '90s things. We need to. Hey, hit you're the, the one who we need to hit the '80s. Well, that's next. why I was thinking we were gonna do Golden Girls. I yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think Golden Girls. I I'm gonna put my flag down on uh, see Golden Girls, and either Night Court. Oh God, Night Court. Which is way way dirtier than anyone remembers so uh, you're saying you want to stick with tv land for a little while longer so i i i would like to, to i would like to do uh a couple of 80s shows and then what i would really like to do is go back far enough to find something that is before both of our times oh my felix doctor who eh. <laughs> no felix for sure felix is quite dirty felix the cat mm-hmm. oh okay yeah that took I was, for a second. I was thinking Nick at night, like Oscar and Felix, Felix from the Odd Couple, and I was like, "Why?" Oh, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, Felix, Felix, Felix. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we'll we're happy to we'll take your suggestions. That, yeah, we'll we'll you know go back yeah, and hey, think on what members, we want to do. You know, pull your own damn weight, get off your asses, and suggest something. I know we're hysterical, and you love listening to us every week or making fun of us in your car. We're not really sure which. Well, either way, we're doing all the work. Yeah, so... This relationship is... It's one way so far. So as Aaron Carter would say, come get it. And you can come get it with suggestions at... What is our email, Jason? Hindsight is horrifying <laughs> at gmail.com. No, not even... <laughs> Whatever it is. I never get our information right. I'm going to let Jason take it from here. What is your email? My email is Darth Jader at hindsightishorrifying.com. Right. Uh, and you can get me at Jason at hindsightishorrifying.com. And we are on Twitter. We have a new set Twitter account, which I don't know the which handle to. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, but um, it is out there. And if you are a dedicated fan, you will find it. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to give it to you. You've got to hunt us down. <laughs> you can you can visit our webpage at hindsightishorrifying.com and we've got links to all of our uh, uh, blog posts, our episodes, which are hosted audio only, which you may be listening to, and they're also hosted on YouTube. Um, and uh, we have links to all of our social media stuff there too. And so I hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode. Um, This has been Jason Mitchell phoning it in. This has been Darth Jader making an honest effort to keep people on the damn topic. And this has been Marie. Thank you for being our second special guest to ever appear on the podcast. Yay! And listeners, if you do feel the need to spit your vitriol at us sooner than it takes to write an email, you can reach me at Darth underscore Jader underscore on Twitter. Until we figure out our actual Twitter handle for the podcast, until next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care.